Welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness, discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, a four-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete. And I am recording this on a private island in Maine with Tyler. And I'm here thanks to Tyler and mostly Alec, but go on. Okay, I'm Tyler, um, a professional groom and a mental toughness coach, a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation, and I am a practitioner of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and daily meditation. And I'm also on the island, which I feel like you gave away by telling them that I'm on the island. I did. I did say I ruined it. I don't know where to go with this. <laughs> That's okay. We're having a good time yeah. on an island. We're on vacation, which um, is actually, I was kind of laughing. Um, we don't have much to talk about for goals for this year, but one of my goals last year was to take a non-horse related vacation that I like kind of, kind of checked off by taking mm-hmm. a few days off in Florida when we got down there. But that doesn't really count. This feels like a real vacation and it's very nice. For sure. Um... So I guess we can get more into that in our goals section, but we wanted to just say uh, welcome if you're a new listener and if you are one of our tried and true listeners, welcome back. As we said in our introduction, our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses, and we do this by discussing topics related to our four pillars, which are mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. In our main episodes, we have one a month. We talk about goal setting, books, 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 the main topic, listener questions, and actionable advice. We've also released a few guest episodes, so be sure to check those out. Excellent. So for our first segment, I know I feel like we've kind of beat the word of the year into the ground at this point. If you've listened to all the episodes for this year, it's month 10, so we can only talk about the words believe and connection so much, but we are doing, um, this episode's main topic is self-talk, and kind of what goes along with self-talk is the power of words. Um, So one of the things that Emily and I do each year is to pick a word to kind of help guide us through our year, Um, and I think that just kind of ties into, you know, what we're going to talk about today, just like really being aware of how your language can affect your outcomes. Yeah, and I think we've both had really good luck with having a word to kind of come back to throughout the year. Yeah, I'm already starting to think about 2021. Me too. Yeah, we'll have to... We don't want to give it away now, so we'll just save that for another episode. Excellent. So tell me about some of your goals for this year, Emily. Well, as you kind of hinted at before... We haven't been able to cross a whole lot off the list this year, but again, I'm still making progress on some. And one of my goals was to take a week-long vacation with PJ, which we took like a mini vacation in August. It was like a four-day vacation, and now we're on another little four-day vacation, so I feel like that adds up to a week. Yep. So I can check that off. Boom, baby. Yeah. And making good progress on my yoga teacher training. So, happy about that. What about you? Well, at one point we um, we talked about how we kind of needed to like restructure and refocus goals for 
2020, mm -hmm. I think I said I wanted to get all A's um, in my first semester of my doctoral program, and mm -hmm. I did. I'm not surprised. And I made the dean's list, so also not surprised. I'm uh, starting my second semester, and it's really great and really fun, so I've been learning a lot and um, enjoying the process of that. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Can't wait to call you doctor. I, I can't wait. Yeah. Doc in Crocs. But uh, anyways, there's also another goal for the both of us that we checked off together, which was going to Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, to put on a whole equestrian clinic. Yeah, and that was really fun. Um, we actually recorded our last episode, if you tuned in, on the way to Wisconsin, which that was a whole another thing. Adventure, for Adventure. sure. For sure. Okay, moving on. It's our favorite time. What time is it, Tyler? Books, books, books! Do you have to get out your watch for that? I did. Yeah. Yeah, Book I did. Book o'clock. Book o'clock. Booking. Booking. All right, so um, since our last episode, I have read A Still Small Voice by Echo Bodine. And um, so I came across. That's a fun name. Yeah, Echo Bodine. Echo Bodine. Yeah, I don't know if that's her given name. But that's a lady. It's a lady. Her name is Echo. Yeah. So one of my client's friends does like energy work and intuitive work and that sort of thing. And I met her a couple weeks ago and I just like, she was very interesting to talk to. I'm um, kind of fascinated by that sort of thing. It's something I don't know a whole lot about. But we got talking about intuition, mm -hmm. and I was just saying how, like, I need to learn to trust my intuition more because there's been a couple recent things where it's like, I knew what to do, but then I didn't listen Was to... this, like, one of the stridings on <laughs> one of your cross-country courses? Was, yeah, it was at Plantation, where it was like, you know, went on a course walk with Philip, who is the master, and I rarely ever question what he says, mm -hmm. um, but there was just this one line where he thought it should be written one way, and I think it probably should have for his horses. Like, this is not a judgment on him. I think it was good advice, but for my horse and how he jumps the fences, um, there were just these, like, big brush, narrow, ditch and wall things on a weird line. I wanted to jump it direct, and he suggested putting like a slight bend. Anyway, long story short, I was like, I know I should jump it direct. And I talked to him. He's like, no, you'll be fine with the bend. Again, not his fault. I should have just listened to myself and like realized that I know my horse better and how he jumps over those particular fences. Um, so anyways, we had a little bit of a drift off just because I needed to hold my line straight and I went for the bend. So just, you know, I think that was a pretty good lesson to learn and so coming back to the book, I just want to learn how to like trust the intuition more and tap into it. Um, so uh, this lady who I met suggested this book and it, it was a really good read. It's a pretty small book, like I finished it really quickly because it was entertaining and the size, but yeah, awesome. I felt like I learned some stuff. Um, and there's this one really good quote from the book. And I will just share that with you right now. Um, and it says, a lot of people are not comfortable being apart from the group, from the whole herd, and listening to the inner voice. They just follow what the crowd does and wear what the crowd wears and think what the crowd thinks. 
they get very caught up in doing what the world says is the cool thing to do and living the way the rest of the world lives. Once we make a decision to break away from that and not be a part of the herd anymore, by going inside and finding our own inner voice, then life just becomes magical. So that was like, that kind of hit home for me. Because I tend to want to like stay with the herd. I've never been like that. You haven't. That is one of the things that I admire about you. Thank you. Yeah, so maybe you don't need to read this book, but I thought it was a good read. Well, I no, I, yeah. I think just based on the name Echo Bodine. Yeah, she must know what she's talking about, yeah. right? Well, I see you have another book here. Yeah, I just started reading um, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by John Gray, and this is like kind of an old school book. I think it was written in the 90s, but it gets referenced a lot. Um, and like I've always been like, oh, that's an interesting title, and there's probably some truth about it because I feel like men and women are very different. See, I thought boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider. Oh yeah, that was the. <laughs> What's that from? Is that just like a rhyme just like a from childhood? Say, well, it's girls go to to Mars to get, get more, more candy bars. Candy bars. I don't know. But boys definitely go to Jupiter to, to get, get more stupider. stupider. I forgot about that one. Yeah, so maybe they need to change the name of that book. But um, anyway, it basically talks about like the differences between men and women, like how they think and react. So um, I just started it, but it's definitely interesting. I think there will be some good takeaways. Yeah, you'll have to touch update us yeah. on that next uh, next episode. What about you? What's on your books, books, books list? Oh, man. Okay, so I'm kind of upset because I was reading a book called On Being Certain, Believing You're Right Even When You're Not by Rob Burton, and I wanted to bring it up here to finish it, and when we were leaving, I couldn't find it. It was like... Oh, sad. I feel like it's in the truck, like in the truck that pulls the trailer yeah. at the barn, but I can't know for certain. I don't think I would have lost a book. That's very unlike me, although I Which did last funny. Year. That you can't know for certain on being certain. <laughs> this is true. My, I have no certainty on where my book is. But about so being certain. On, about being certain. Um, but it's actually really, really interesting um, because it's all about the neurobiology of certainty. And it's more that certainty is not an actual like state but it's more like a feeling like anger or sadness. Um, like feeling of the, the feeling of certainty that we have when we know something um, comes from sources beyond our control and our knowledge. Like that's kind of the standard, like, oh, like, you know, I'm just like certain about this. Yeah. But um, the book argues that certainty is more of a mental sensation rather than an evidence of fact. Um, like the feeling of knowing is a confirmation of knowledge. We think it's a product of reason, but basically like there's so much feeling that goes into being certain. So just because you think you're right about something, that's more of a feeling than it is like actual fact. And people just think like, oh, because I'm certain about it, it's fact. But really it's a feeling. Yeah. Which I think will just like have a lot of application to like a lot of current events and such. I agree. Um, so I wish I, I wish I had more on the book cause I wish I had brought it to finish it, but yeah. I'll hopefully find it. Hopefully it's in the, the truck when we get back. Um, you won't know for certain until you get home. On being certain. Yep. Um, and then 
again, reading a lot of textbooks for classes, but I actually, one of them I wanted to talk about because it's kind of a fun textbook. Um, it's called 45 Techniques Every Counselor Should Know. Um, and it's like really actionable advice for counseling. So it's like, here's like a little trick that you can do like um, I statements or like different sort of motivation, motivational interviewing techniques. Um, and one that I pulled out that I thought was really interesting was um, exceptions. So the technique that you use as a counselor is to find an exception to a problem. So someone comes to you and they have, you know, this thing that happens all the time. They're like, well, this is the big problem that I have. Um, so as a counselor, you say, let's find an example of a time that you don't have this problem. Mm -hmm. Finding the exception is the quintessential technique of resolution. The exception, the time when the problem is not happening, is a resolution that the client has already achieved. So it's like, okay, well, even though you're not, you're not necessarily doing anything to not have the problem, there's an exception when it's not happening. So let's talk about that and like let's search for the connections of more times that we can not have the problem. Does that make sense? It does make sense and I feel like that could really be applied to writing. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm understanding it correctly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because people can think about like, well, I'm just can't do this mm -hmm. on a horse and then you can be like well actually think about the time when you did do it or right something. and there there that's you know again I love the the language of the resolution that you've already achieved yeah. so you look for somewhere that you've already succeeded and then our brains are hardwired to look for connections so instead of looking for all the times that you're having a problem and failing you're looking for all the times that you're not having this problem and it's all of a sudden it's like oh okay look I actually might be good at this yeah yeah, interesting. Yeah. Cool. So our main topic this episode is self-talk and the power of words. And I'm going to let Tyler take this away because this was um, something she was passionate about talking about. So. Yeah, and if you follow along with the Whole Equestrian blog, which is on thewholeequestrian.com slash blog, um, I did write a little post about the power of self-talk this past um month leading up to this and so if you read that and this is a little repetitive I'm sorry but I actually came up with this analogy while we were at the whole equestrian clinic and I think it's just a really powerful way to view why self-talk is so important um so I was talking to someone about you know they're like well like I just have like a lot of doubts when I go into course it's like I'm just like not sure I'm gonna get around I have this and I'm like well that's negative self-talk um and I, and I kind of use the analogy of if you have, if you're getting on a plane and your pilot is thinking, I'm not sure I'm going to land this plane. I don't feel confident in this. Um, you know, just really negative. I'm not sure I can do this. Would you feel comfortable getting on the plane? Hell no. No, right? No. Yeah. Well, for, for your horse, like you're the pilot, right? You're getting on. They trust you to get them around a cross-country course or a dressage arena or anything like a trail ride they trust you and so for you to get on and say well I'm not sure if I can do this my question to you is would you want your horse to hear your thoughts and how can we make it so that they they can and it's it's anything like I don't want someone who's leading me to come up and say well I'm not sure what I'm doing or you know I'm 
I'm not certain about this. And even if you're you're not completely certain, that's not like a positive way to be walking into any situation is this like doubt, negativity, uncertainty of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of like the importance of self-talk. I know you've been doing a little exercise, Emily. I have. Yeah. I, I, we can get into it now if you want. I think but, so. I think it. So this, this may be a little out there, but I recently, when I'm like by myself, I will, it's usually when I'm driving like to a horse show or really anywhere. I'll just like start Say, let, let's go with the horse show. This is an equestrian podcast, so let's go with that. So, um, if I am driving to an event, and say it's cross-country day, and I'm feeling a little nervous about this course or this question, like, I will actually talk out loud and, like, say why I'm nervous or um, what bothers me about the question and, like, <coughs> sorry... I'll start with kind of like the negative side of things and then, or whatever, like if I'm thinking positive, I can say that too, but usually it starts with something that I'm not feeling confident about. So I'll kind of start talking about that. And then as I'm hearing that, usually I'm like, wow, that is some false information that I have out there. Like if I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can jump this. And then kind of going back to remembering the exceptions. Mm -hmm. remembering all the times that I've jumped similar things or done similar things or whatever, but just being able to like say those things out loud and then hear it and take that in to me, that's like powerful. And then you can kind of like work through it. It's almost like you're giving yourself therapy. I like it. I like like it. Call and response. Like I say something and then I'm like, wait, then why would I say that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I think a lot of like the stuff, with self-talk is that you know you have this inner dialogue like constantly everyone has an inner dialogue going on and kind of to acknowledge that you can take a step back from it and analyze it Mm -hmm. and detach from it and say okay well what kind of limiting beliefs are causing me to think this way what kind of bias is causing me to think this way what uh what beliefs did my parents instill on me that maybe you have to say like is this true yeah like someone who wants to be um i i kind of i like to use the example of like social anxiety right like if you have social anxiety but you want to have friends and they're like okay well like i really want to have friends but i just can't because like i'm socially anxious well that's a story that you tell yourself right Mm -hmm. this i can't so if you want it bad enough the only thing that's holding you back is you. Mm-hmm. So how can you change your self-talk to be like, okay, well, that's not, that's a belief that's not serving me. So let me just get rid of it. And it's easier said than done. Yeah. And there's like a lot of different like cognitive techniques that you can use to change this language. Um, but again, it is a lot about recognizing and giving yourself the power to choose. Um, one technique that we like to talk about um, in our clinic is thought stopping. Um, so like if you're having a really negative thought, even using a visual cue, a visual picture of a stop sign in your head 
as soon as you start to feel those negative thoughts come in, like throw up that stop sign and be like, whoa, I got to stop. I got to reframe this. Um, and like, don't let yourself go down that rabbit hole, um, to kind of interrupt, remove, replace the problematic reoccurring thoughts. Because again, I think the number one question that you need to ask yourself in terms of self-talk is like, if you're having a thought, does this serve me? Does this not serve me? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't serve you, get rid of it. Cause you do have that power. And even if me telling you right now is just like the light bulb recognition that says like, I have that power. You were like, you have to remind yourself constantly that I have the power to choose what I think about. Yeah. The power of choice for sure. Yeah. What other tools do you have for us, Tyler? Um, I mean, the thought stopping is a big one. Um, I mean, I can get down. I put something in our actionable advice. Do you want me to hit that up or? Um, well, we can go back. We can come to that in a minute. Um, but I think another thing with the power of words, and you've talked about this before, but I really like the whole have to versus want to. Right. Um, do something. We've talked about this again. Um, but I think that's really powerful because when you get to do something or want to do something, like that's going to motivate you a lot more than you have to do something. Right. And like, there's nothing like at the end of the day, there's really nothing that you like have to do. There are consequences if you don't do it. Right. But if, if you always put the, oh, I have to do this, it's just like really putting the connotation of like, this is a chore. This or is a negative, thing. a negative thing. Yeah. This is, I'm going to sneeze or, <laughs> Bless you. or not. Or I not. don't know, you know, because okay. when you say it out loud, you don't actually do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I can tie that into self-talk, but. Sneezing? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try. <laughs> something out loud yeah and then having the choice to continue on or not (laughs) exactly exactly yeah so (laughs) listener question listener question um we had a very loyal listener ask how do you find inner peace by acknowledging you are enough Okay, so I really enjoy this question because it's something that I think about a lot and I think it's like kind of the it's a fine line um, answer uh, because obviously in order to make some kind of change in your life, you must recognize that there's a deficit. Like you have to be willing to accept that there's something you don't like and you want to fix it, but then it's like, okay, well, how do you do that while also saying I am enough, right? Um, Hard, difficult. Yeah, I struggle with that all the time. These are the, these are the hard-hitting questions. Um, like, if we want to use a horse example, let's say you're working on learning how to half pass and it's not going well at all. Like, you're not you're not getting it. You're frustrated. Your horse is confused. You're confused. You have to be willing to admit that you're doing something wrong without hating yourself for it. Um, and and the other analogy that gets used a lot is like a baby learning how to walk. You don't see a baby get up and fall down and look at them and think, what a stupid baby, you'll never learn how to walk. But once you get to adulthood, you kind of do, you know, like you're like, oh, well, I didn't do this right the first time. Like, I must just not be good at it. I must be an idiot. 
and that's where a lot of the negative self-talk comes in um but like learning a new skill we have to recognize what kind of language again will be productive and what will be counterproductive so it's not going to be positive self-talk wow i'm so good at this when you're not any good at it because again that is not productive and you're not going to believe it because it's not true but you also can't go in and be like i suck at this i'm never going to get better like my half pass just sucked i like must not ever be able to half pass the happy medium is accepting that you're in the process you're like okay well this is what I'm doing right or you know like find the little things that you're doing right and this is what I need to work on and say I am working to get better or I am trying to learn this skill not you know I suck I'm bad I'm terrible or I'm never gonna get this because those are the things that are gonna be really counterproductive to to your success yeah and I think um like in yoga it's all about not non-judgment yeah you know being in the moment and just accepting what is not not being like complacent but just like maybe you are struggling with something just trying to not judge it and label it as good or bad but just like that's where you are right now right well and I think that ties a lot into like the mindfulness what what we talk a lot about on the podcast as well is like you have to be mindful that the present moment where you are is all you have like really like that's what you have complete control over is the present moment um so you have to recognize that you are enough in that moment while setting goals and achieving and striving to be better Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and it is it is a tricky thing but you have to kind of dive into that a little bit and try to piece it together in a way that works for you. Mm-hmm. So, all right, actionable advice, what do we have? Okay, so this is like another, I don't know, I, I feel like maybe we didn't talk a lot on, about the main topic, but I think like the rather, the rest of the episode like really ties into the topic, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't want to like double say this. Right. Um, so something that you can do is have a self-talk log. Um, so whenever a negative thought crosses your mind, jot it down in a journal or a log. And then you, I want you to like have two columns, like one on the left for the thoughts that you're having. And then one on the right for a way that like you could reappraise that and restructure it, um, to just change your perspective. Because so, so much of like how we interpret life is based on our perspective of it. Right. And our expectations. That's, there's the kind of like happiness equation of, you know, our, reality and our expectations and when our expectations you know aren't met that's when we get unhappy but like you know like if I was expecting um my flight to leave at 10 a.m and they said oh my god it's gonna be delayed six hours I'm gonna be really disappointed right Mm -hmm. but then if they come back on the speaker and say oh you know like it turns out, like, an, you know, two hours later, they're like, it turns out we're going to be able to board this flight in 30 minutes. You're going to be so excited because all of a sudden it's like, wow, now I get to board in 30 minutes when I thought I was going to board in, in four more hours. Right. But your flight is still delayed two and a half hours, and you would have been upset in the beginning had they if told had they that. told you it was going to be delayed two and a half hours. Right. So it's just this kind of, like, constant you know 
seesaw of expectations and reality and like the way that we talk to ourselves and, and just realizing that there's there's things that you can control in life and things that you can't control and like the way that you talk to yourself is always going to be something that you can control so if there is something in your life that you don't like and the experience of it is based on the way that you're talking to yourself about it writing it down and changing it yeah i think seeing your thoughts on paper is helpful yeah it just like for me saying them out loud is helpful yeah you know because in your head you can kind of like forget maybe what you said or you know but when it's actually out there you can look at it or hear it and be like wow i am being really mean to myself like would you ever say that to a friend probably not right or just that sort of thing absolutely so, yeah um okay so what's next what do we have going on um well we got invited back for another clinic at north star equestrian at greenfield farm in 2021 um so i know it's been a little bit of a crapshoot for putting stuff on the calendar this year but we're hoping next year kind of look for us we're gonna do that in the spring at some point we'll get some dates sorted out yeah. once we get a horse show schedule and and whatnot but yeah, so if you're interested in possibly hosting a clinic, uh, email us, I guess, or reach out to us on social media. And once we have our schedule sorted, um, which again, I think we're just going to have to play it by ear and see how the rest of this year turns out, but um, we can get some available dates and let you know. Yeah, and uh, we always want to have more experts on our show that tie into our four pillars, mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. If you have any suggestions, if you are someone who is a expert or non-expert about any of those things, reach out to us and we want to get connected and start collaborating with all that stuff. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode, uh, email us at thewholeequestrian at gmail.com. So, we hope that this gives you some insight on the power of words and how to use them to your advantage. Uh, please, we love hearing your feedback. Um, interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. No pressure. Yeah, whew, you know, subscribe, check us out, make sure to connect with us because we love hearing from you guys. It keeps us going. Thanks for listening. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride. <laughs> oh, just so you know, those, um, when I came up here, those were on the floor, but then I put them back in the box. <laughs> and I forgot to tell you, clearly. <laughs> tell right now. Welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. Discussing topics related no. to... No. <laughs> no. That's wrong.